Welcome to Season 3 of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. I'm Garrett McMillan, a new sophomore on this year's Alabama baseball team, and thanks to our new NIL regulations, I can be paid a nominal amount to promote this podcast. A very nominal amount. Is there another word for less than nominal? Just stick to the script, Garrett. Okay. Tom and JT will be rambling on about SEC football again this year with a high lean on the Crimson Tide. Hey, have you guys ever considered I'm not bucking, you're bucking? Garrett, the script. Okay. Here are your hosts, Tom and JT. Welcome to Season 3. Welcome back to the latest episode of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. This is Season 3, Episode 1. Today is August 2nd, 2021. I'm your, half of your host team, Jason Tiffin, along with Tom Sims. Tom, <clears throat> excuse me, before you say one word, if I had told you two years ago that we're going to be on Season 3, Episode 1, what would you have thought? Well, I was just fixing to say I'd be th- I'm thankful you said it was still me here instead of somebody else. I was afraid I was going to get fired in the off season. <laughs> <laughs> we had a few changes in the off season we'll get to. But you know, I was thinking I I, I had to take Sophie to tennis in Russellville, which is uh I'm I'm in Red Bay in Russellville, so I give or take 30 minutes away depending on how fast you want to go. And I told her, you know, I have not we have not done a podcast since uh the I guess when we closed out I've got here the paperwork in front of me, season two, episode seventeen. And uh I think yeah, that we, we it was a, a national championship uh, wrap up. And I'm like, you know, I'm gonna be a little rusty. And I so I'm talking it out with Sophie and of course I'm making mistake after mistake and and I've got to go pick her back up at nine o'clock. So we're podcasting. This podcast is it's seven fifteen right now. So we got plenty of time. And uh, but I was thinking that for the first time we ever podcast, I came to I went to Tom's house, and after an hour and thirty two minutes, we looked at each other. And I was I'm like, yeah, we're I think we're way over time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, <clears throat> I've been thinking about this uh, a bunch here as well as far as getting back into it. I. I started, you know, you're right. It was the the week after the championship game. We recorded our last episode, and then of course I kept trying to get us to do. I'm not charging. You're charging. We won't talk about that yet. This is not even close <laughs> to being basketball season, but we missed that. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm pumped though. I'm pumped. It it, it is exciting. So you know, like we said, we, we of course we've seen each other in the past uh, six months, but. Only a handful of times. Like, what's been going on with you, dude? I had a pretty, pretty eventful summer. We broadcasted live one time from Mexico back in uh, December, I guess. Well, yep. we enjoyed that so much. We we made a repeat trip in May, and of course, I, I hit the ultimate birthday party I've ever been to in Florence with the Whippets. <laughs> yes, you did. That was sweet, and. Uh, Seems like I should be more active this summer, but I'm not sure that I was. I, I feel the same way. Like when you told me that you're going to put me on the spot, I'm like, crap, what am I going to say? Well, June, we went to uh, went to Hawaii. Second time I had been there and uh, had a really good time there. Went surfing again, went zip lining again. Always a good time. And uh, a little bit of kayaking here and there. 
I ridden the Harley a couple of times, and uh, let's see what else. Was oh, one? we had oh, yeah. a party on the farm. I forgot about that. Had a party at the farm, and uh, you got the gift of all gifts given to you, the, the, <laughs> the abominable Yeti. And uh, we went to Handy on the Water this year, and man, if you Handy Fest is a, a, a music festival in um, in Florence, Alabama, and it runs. It's a it's a kind of a two weekend deal. It starts on a Friday, ends on a Sunday, but it it's not Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, then the entire next week, and then it's the following weekend. But the opening weekend, they have Handy on the Water, and everybody gets on boats and ties up outside this huge mansion. And, that really uh, sounds really, like a good yeah, time. Man, I don't it, know it what's happening here, but the I really like the title. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just yeah, I get I get what you I get what you're laying down, my friend. But uh, I went with Neutron. Do you believe Neutron has a boat? <laughs> Does he have a license for it? I don't know about that. If it costs money, he probably doesn't, but he has a boat. So, uh, you know, not a whole lot has changed since since we last talked in college football. You know, uh, uh, the transfer portal, which, but I think the transfer portal was, uh, was there last year. So that, you know, not really a big change. Uh, the ability to transfer without sitting out, I guess that's one, one minor change. And then, uh, you know, they, they have okayed that you can, uh, you can transfer interconference. Uh, you know, we got Henry To'o To'o from Tennessee. So that, that's a change. And then playoff expansion, um, well, that's, that's, that's kind of a big change there. You know, we're looking at going from four teams to 12 teams. And um, uh, we had the NIL kick in, name, image, likeness. That's uh, – uh, you know, Tom, I, I really to messed up. eliminate the forward pass didn't get anywhere, though. I, I, I messed up on my notes. Uh, we've had a lot of changes. I said we hadn't had many. <laughs> uh, of course, that, that last segment was a little tongue-in-cheek. We've had, we've had a ton of changes. Uh, playoff expansion, and then just out of nowhere, <laughs> nobody saw this coming, which is just amazing to me. The SEC media days two weeks ago, all of a sudden Twitter lights up, Texas, Oklahoma want to come to the SEC. I'm thinking, okay, it's just internet fodder. Dude, the next day SEC Network has sample pods out. I'm like, yeah, it's if, if the SEC Network is putting out sample pods, uh, this is happening, and, and, it, and it has. I mean, when we started this podcast, it was just a rumor, and uh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. But uh, Texas, Oklahoma to the SEC, the na- name, image, and likeness, you know, players – the amateurism is dead. The players can get paid now. And uh, so that's we, – we actually started the podcast about a week early, and I think next week I'd have to look and see what we had written down. But I think we're covering some more changes next week. And then, uh, you know, we need to look at Transfer Portal. And, um, and then uh, there was one more thing that we were going to cover. And then, of course, we'll look at uh, teams outside the SEC that have national championship aspirations. And then, we'll, of course, we'll do our traditional SEC East and SEC West breakdown. But uh, let's let's jump in tonight. We're going to cover NIL, which is name, image, likeness, and we're going to cover Oklahoma, Texas, to uh, the SEC, which is going to happen now. So, Tom, I'm going to let you take it with the NIL. Okay. Well, f- hey, first off, I forgot to mention we did pick up a sponsor this year. The Wild Rose Farm Equestrian Team really is uh, sponsoring the first episode. You may have noticed Deb on one of those steeds out there. So I know you're a big fan of Arthur. So he's he's been out there doing his best. Nice. Um. Also, before I get into the name image likeness, which is uh. 
always confuses me when I see it written down, that NIL, I always think, oh, somebody signed a national letter of intent. And then it's, <laughs> it's, maybe I'm dyslexic, but you guys may have noticed that we had a new intro to I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting this year. That's our own Garrett McMillan here from uh, Tuscaloosa, who's, uh, who's going to be playing for the Tide this year in Alabama baseball. Uh, pitcher, they're going to let him hit too. He's an all-round, uh, pretty, uh, pretty awesome player, and I'm glad, uh, glad he's at the university. We were, t- we were really hoping he was going to get there, and he has, and and he's already cashing in in the NIL, you know, by 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 doing uh, our intro in this podcast. I mean, he's taking full advantage. I think between him and Bryce Young, they probably have almost a million dollars of sponsorship <laughs> between them. So. Uh, <laughs> But you know, talking about this uh, this NIL stuff, this is going to be an evolving uh, situation here for I'm thinking several years. Uh, there's no way there's no way to predict at this point in the game what you know the market value of these players actually is. People wanted to be first. Uh, they're out there paying uh, players, you know, before they ever touch the field like Bryce Young. You've got established players. I mean, I I don't think there's a published record of who's making what out there that I've seen, but uh, it's it's going to be a pretty a pretty weird dynamic to me to establish a market value for a player. Um, you know what's what's kind of weird about this is that. I think market values of players will be more tied. I think it's obvious it'll be more tied to boosters. So it won't be it won't be mostly about brand. Like in the NFL, for instance, the players have one heck of a salary that they actually play for. You know, they have a they they make a lot of money from the team that they play for. Everything they do commercial-wise, is a bonus on top of that, which they don't need, but they'll absolutely take. But in those situations, I think the brands themselves are very considerate of, hey, this player is going to make us some extra money by promoting our product. College, on the other hand, because they aren't making money and it's going to be mostly about the player i don't see i don't see local markets thinking that they're making a big return on these things uh whatever the promotion is i mean there'll be some value there but do we think there'll be a million dollar return on value for bryce young as a freshman quarterback at Alabama for whatever he's promoting. You know, I have no idea. I haven't seen – I'm sure there's a commercial or something. I don't know what's coming. I don't I don't know what garnishes that. But do you, do you feel like a college player, and, and we'll use Bryce Young as the example, can, you know, I, I guess – I guess uh, can he – can he really lend that much value to a company uh, to, to be paid that much money? No, I don't think so. And I think that's a good point is you're going to have boosters 
who – and that's why Auburn fans, in my opinion, are so scared of name, image, and likeness because you, you have Alabama fans who will sink their life savings into this team. And you have some very successful Alabama fans who own businesses, and they don't care – that they're not going to get a return on investment. They just want to get they, – they just want to be able to say that they sponsor Bryce Young. That's exactly or, right. Or that they sponsor Najee Harris. You know, I, I always said I, I would have loved for the, uh, the NIL to come out this time last year because Bryce Young, who is not proven, is making – 800000 is the number that's been thrown around. You know, Saban said around close to seven figures, then ESPN said eight hundred grand. And what would Trevor Lawrence have uh, commandeered last year? You know, Justin Fields. Tua. Yeah, well, Tua would, would have been two years ago, but, you know, right. point taken. You know, Tua and Burrow, two years ago, what mm-hmm. would they have commanded? Because there's not really – there's no big quarterback. The biggest quarterback is Spencer Rattler, the returning, you know, because all four playoff teams are, are uh, from last year are starting new quarterbacks this year. So, nobody is proven. You know, Trask from uh, from Florida, he's gone. So, it's a big turn turnover at the quarterback position, and that is going to be – the biggest position that, that gets paid. So so you're right. I mean, and let's be honest, you know, you and I buy lottery tickets occasionally, especially when it gets up to, uh, you know, 300, 400, 500 million. Because let's be honest, Tom, you and I are not going to buy lottery tickets if it's just a measly 50 million. You know, we let it get up there where it's going to be life-changing money. <laughs> but yes, let's I mean, you don't want to mess around with the small stuff. No, it's not worth the, the having to pay your accountant to figure out the taxes. But, you know, point. if let's just say we hit for $800 million, So we split $400 million, uh, down the middle, you know, before taxes, of course. Dude, I'm going to sponsor the crap out of wink, some Bama wink. football players because, I, I, I mean, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Nick Saban. I'm going to say, Coach, I don't want – I don't want access to the program. I don't want season tickets. I don't want to be wine and dine on the private Bama jet. Here's what I want. I want to never lose to Auburn again. So you tell me <laughs> where I can put my money to make that happen. You know, That's right. And, but, and, and, and anyway, go ahead and I'll let you finish out. No, I'll, no, I wanted to go back and forth because that's exactly what I was getting at. I mean, that that's that's the point that I was making. The, these players, particularly on teams like Alabama, are, I, I say particularly on teams, it's going to be rampant across the country. I mean, it really is. Uh, but it, it will be it will be more about buying a very good football team than mm-hmm. it is about oh. Here's somebody who can help my business. That is not what's happening here. Uh, and, and you know, you know when I really first realized this NIL was going to be a a huge game changer for the college football. Because I, I, I honestly, this is the tip of the iceberg. This thing is fixing to get absurdly crazy. It wouldn't. It would not surprise me if the NIL changes rules for how players are compensated yearly for the next several years before they finally land on some sort of sweet spot Uh, because this is going to get crazy but but here's the here's the time this year when i said wow this is this is going to get crazy is i was looking at some uh recent recruits and whatnot and do you know the names Chase Biddle and Jordan Hudson? I do not. I don't think. Am I They're supposed four, to? You're not. They're four-star players, which is, you know, studly oh, four-star yeah. players. Top 100 players in the country. Uh, both of those players committed to, drum roll please, 
SMU earlier this summer, <laughs> uh, or maybe later this summer, actually, just within the last six weeks or so. And if you're our age or, or around our age or whatnot, you guys might know the the importance of saying SMU. If you're a little younger audience, you may not know the history unless you've seen the 30 for 30 on SMU, which is a great little uh, thing. But SMU... So are you, Tom, are you saying if you're a Ute, you might not understand what you're about to say? If you're what? What what, what did you say? You know, if you're a Ute. If you're a Ute, you're not going to... I'm sorry, a youth. Oh, you're not going to yes, understand a youth. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Unless you've done a history <laughs> lesson. <laughs> um, hashtag my cousin Vinny. There, guys. Another youth moment. Um, anyway, if you look back at SMU, if you're not, I won't go into the the major history of this. But back in the day, there was a Southwest Conference, which SMU was a part of, which is evolve currently into the Big 12, who has eight teams. I don't get me started on the number system. But um, <laughs> Southwest Conference was a major conference then. It could have been considered in some years the best conference uh, out there. It was a revolving SEC, Big Ten, Southwest Conference. Those are your three majors then, and, and those, those were your powerhouses. And SMU – Average somewhere around uh, six or seven thousand students in their school. Very, very small. I think they were the second smallest uh, big or uh, Southwest Conference team out there. When the seventies and eighties, they just overtly started paying players. I mean, just they made no bones about it. It was they got Eric Dickerson to SMU for Pete's sake, <laughs> uh, and and I. A lot of a lot of similar type, you know, big time commitment. I mean, they got as high as number two in the country. That's like Troy in Southeast Alabama, a one double A team or or whatever you want to call them now, uh, getting the number two in the country. That's that's the kind of players they were getting down there, and they were paying them out the yin yang. And of course, they got the death penalty. And what that really means as far as today's NIL rules go, is that SMU's a school in Texas, and schools in Texas have lots of boosters with lots of money, lots of oil money, lots of everything. And that's true of a lot of schools around the country. Yeah, I mean, but SMU has already said, hey, I'm not saying these guys have contracts. Maybe they just love SMU. Maybe they're legacies. I don't know, but you know since... 2001, whenever the uh, recruiting rankings come out for the first time, mm-hmm. SMU has had two, two uh, four-star players in the history of the program. They've got two this year. Yeah, they've doubled their. They've doubled that. <laughs> they've doubled it up, <laughs> and so that's. I mean, that's what you're going to run into, and. I looked down the list, and I did a little research on this. You have some some alumnus out there like T-Boom Pickens for uh, Oklahoma State. Everybody knows who that is. There's also Baylor, uh, which is another Texas school, has an alumnus, Drayton McLean. I didn't know who that was. But, but those two persons alone gave 
one-time gifts, this is not their total gifts over their lifetime, one-time gifts of $165 million and $200 million to those schools. Unreal. This is going to lead me to my next point. The facilities are fixing to take a hit at these schools. Just think about what I just said there. Mm-hmm. It's, it, 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 people are going to go, how do, you, how do you stretch to that? Well, if I'm an alumnus and I got $200 million to, to, to spend on the program, and previously, assuming all programs were on the up and up, straight and narrow, that $200 million had to be spent on a weight room, a, a, a new stadium, is which they, Baylor spent that money on. And those things are important somewhat. But two hundred million dollars will buy you a lot of players. Oh yeah, I, 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 you know, I think they would much rather play in their existing stadium and then stack it with a bunch of five star players than than play in a new stadium and go four and six. That's what you're going to be up against. You're gonna you're gonna start seeing facilities losing a little of their luster. Uh, it's going to be an internal dynamic on how to get the boosters back into the game because I guarantee you these boosters, the the giving to the schools from the boosters will drop significantly because they because you can't the schools themselves, based on the NIL rules, cannot pay the players directly. They cannot, you know, hire the players, they cannot promote the players. It has to be on the player's own volition outside the school. It has to go through a compliance office is what I hear. But uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh that's going to be outside of that so if that booster is over here spending a million dollars on bryce young he's likely going to be a little hesitant to to send a million dollars over there too to help get you know new weights in the weight room yeah um i and i may be off base there but i i if if i'm a booster with that kind of money I'm going to direct my money to get the best players. Well, it's it's definitely a take I had not thought of because to me, and I'm not saying you're wrong, but but facilities have to improve now because and that that's what there's been a couple of Auburn fans specifically that they really they just think it's the death of college football and it, and it is the death of college football as we have known it as as we grew up with it, but it doesn't mean it's going to be all for the worse. Uh, it's it's just that. Um, the we have the boosters that are going to pay to get the players, but ultimately Auburn's Auburn's going to have enough boosters to pay. You know, even Mississippi State they'll have enough boosters to pay. So when when money is relatively equal, what is it going to boil down to to a player? To me, it's still going to boil down to who who gives me the best chance to a win a national title or probably prob that's probably b a who can get me to the NFL. And so if all things are equal or, or close to equal, and I, I'm not saying that Mississippi State is going to pay their quarterback anywhere near $800,000. But ultimately, if you're, if you're recruiting Alabama and you can go to Alabama and make 800000 you can go to, to Ohio State and make 900000 I understand that's a $100,000 difference. But is it worth – is $100,000 worth it to move multiple states away into cold weather? I just – I don't know. Because it's not like you can't make money at Alabama and win titles at Alabama and, and get to the NFL from Alabama. So I think it's all going to kind of shake out. 
It will, but let's 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 look at it from another angle too. Let's say you're Ole Miss, hotty toddy. I used a poor example because I never can keep up with what their mascot is these days. But none, <laughs> nonetheless, let's say you're Ole Miss, okay? If you're savvy, if you if you're savvy now, and you had a choice, if your boosters all get together, and let's just say they have you know their top. 20 boosters in the room and the top 20 boosters at any sec school probably any power five conference out there is going to be carrying a bunch of cash there's going to be some some long dollars in the room okay so 20 boosters get in the room and the question gets raised because this question i guarantee it gets raised how much does it take to field a national championship team and like you said, if it's eight hundred thousand at Alabama and it's and we're going to offer nine hundred thousand at Ole Miss, that's the, yeah, I'd take eight hundred thousand, get to the NFL and whatnot. Plus, I'm a homer, so. But <laughs> what if that number is five million? What if what if what if that number is? Hey guys. We can't do this every year because this is not the kind of money we have here, but what if every four years we sit here and offer 15 five-stars, $5 million apiece to come to Ole Miss? That's $75 million. That is not a stretch for a a bunch of long dollars in the room, particularly if they say we're going to do it every four years. And we're going to get these guys in here, and part of their contract is going to be you must stay at least three years before you go to the NFL or whatever that number is, and we're going to pay out these payments over three years. Now, what are you looking at? And you know, and how many teams across the country can do that? And and, and will some teams be able to do it every year? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, again, this is all going to boil down to what I talked about to begin with is the market value of the players and how much it actually takes to get a player on your campus because that is absolutely what this is going to be boiled down to now. There is no doubt that the recruiting packages will include potential endorsement opportunities. There's no way it can't. And it's not just it's not just uh, like you said the fifteen five stars, like this was brought up by um, a, a friend of mine, LJS Law. I don't know he's got a podcast. Gosh, he's into all kind of stuff now. He's supposed to be a lawyer, but I think he's turned into more of a recruit guy. But I think he's the one that mentioned how, like how how much is one player worth? Like Cam Newton, an example. You don't have to sign fifteen five stars if you get Cam Newton. You don't have to sign fifteen five stars if you get Tim Tebow or Trevor Lawrence or um, you know Derrick Henry. So you don't, but you don't know those players or who they are until they are actually one hundred percent correct. But uh, let's let's kind of wrap this up a little bit. Um, and, and this is, I think, this is going to epitomize why Auburn fans are a little worried. And to where they really feel like they're get they're going to get left behind, we can only hope. And and I do I do kind of agree with them on this. Okay, so NIL went live July the first. You could legally make money off your name, image, and likeness at around twelve o two a.m., which as we know, as soon as the clock strikes midnight, it is the next day. Around twelve o two a.m., Bo Nix, the quarterback from Auburn, uh, Instagram post himself with a holding a bottle of Milo's tea that you can buy 
at any grocery store in Alabama, I'm sure in the southeast. And he's repping for um, he's repping for Milo's Tea, and um, you know, good for him. Whatever. I don't know what they're paying him. That's Auburn's quarterback, okay? So it comes out later, you know what, a week and a half ago or two weeks ago that that Alabama's quarterback, who's yet to start a game, is making close to seven figures. Auburn's quarterback is repping Milo's tea. Now I don't know if I don't know if Milo's got blowback. The Tiffin household here will never have another uh, gallon of Milo's tea. <laughs> um, I promise you that. But Bama, about, I don't know, a week later, Bama's cornerback, not quarterback, Bama's cornerback, not even our number one cornerback in, in my mind. I think that, that is going to be – that title should be held by Josh Job. You know, he was uh, he was the other starter uh, opposite Sertan last year. But uh, Malachi Moore, very good player, he is repping Milo's tee. So <laughs> – Basically, that tells me that Bama, Bama's marketability of our cornerback is equal to Auburn's marketability of their quarterback. So you might be saying, and Tom, you're not going to believe this. We're running short on time. <laughs> I've got to tell this <laughs> story here. I've got to tell this story here because people's like, at, the, at, at my work, they're like, well, I guess you saw where Malachi Moore is repping uh, the tee now. I guess you're going to buy it. I'm like, no, I'm not going to buy it. And here's why. Auburn, I mean, Milo's T cast their lot when they when they let Bo Nix tweet that out and Instagram that out at 12.02. He, they, they decided that he was more important. It was more important to get Bryce Young than it was an Alabama player. Here's the story. Franchoni, Dennis Franchoni gets hired uh, 2001 after uh, Dubose, or I guess 2000, after the 2000 season when Dubose flopped. And so the class of 01 – the, the high school class of 01, I don't know if it was a deep class, but they were two diamonds, uh, five-star diamonds in that class. And one of them's name was Brody Kroll, another's name was Carnell Williams. They lived, I would guess, within uh, 30 miles of each other, Etowah County. You know, one of them went to uh, Etowah, the other one went to Rainbow City, or Westbrook, is it Westbrook Christian? He lived in Rainbow City. So the story goes is this, uh, Franchoni lands from TCU, and lands in Birmingham, jumps in a car, Tuscaloosa, whatever, jumps in a car, goes straight to Etowah County. He's got to see the two guys, the, the, the two five-star guys. Well, he stops at Brody Kroll's house first, meets John Kroll. Hey, Dennis Franchoni, new head coach at the University of Alabama. Love to have Brody here. Probably has, you know, a punch and pie. And then he's like, hey, I got to get on down the road. I got to go see Carnell. So he goes to see Carnell. And the rumor is Carnell's dad met him on the front porch and says in no uncertain terms, did you go see Brody Kroll first? And, uh, and of course, Franchoni says yes. And then Carnell's dad says, then you can get your blankety-blank off my porch and get back to blankety-blank Tuscaloosa. Uh, because <laughs> Franchoni, Franchoni had made his decision as, who, uh, as to who was more important. I love that story. And as we know, Brody went to uh, Alabama. Carnell went to Auburn. Both were very successful in college. Both were uh, had pro careers. I wouldn't say super successful, but uh, they were definitely lived up to their five-star billing. But I just I always liked that story. And, and Milo's T, you messed up. You should have gone with Bama first. You should know this. You should know this. It's, it's 70, 70% Bama fans in the state. Great point. So, all right, let's get into So that kind of wraps up NIL. And, and I'm like you. I think we can probably talk NIL um, this time next week, this time next year, and still be uncovering new things, uh, new things about it. But let's talk about conference expansion and um, – 
Man, this, like I said, when we talked about this, this news hit two weeks ago, and I'm like, man, we need to do a podcast because it's going to happen so quickly. It was obvious when the SEC network put out the, the pod system of who can go where. I'm like, yeah, this is happening. And uh, so we decided on this Monday for, uh, for our first podcast. But, you know, we went from a rumor to they have told the Big 12 they're out. They have asked for uh, – they've expressed interest in written form. I think it's all a bunch of hoops to jump through, it appears. But they've told the SEC, hey, we want you. The SEC is like, hey, we wouldn't mind uh, dating you as well. So they're, they're coming. And uh, it, it's looking like 2025 if everything holds. But there's almost no chance everything holds. Zero. That would be playing in the Big 12 for another four seasons. Uh, can you imagine how many fan fights you're going to have on the road? I mean, it's not even worth it's not even worth the the melee that's going to be in the stands every week. I mean, they're going to blow up the Big Twelve, and then Texas Texas has blown up the Southwest Conference. Texas is about to blow up the Big Twelve, and I just hope they surely to goodness we will not let them blow up the ACC. But I, you know, who knows? But uh, are, why are we taking Oklahoma and Texas? And uh, I mean, let's look at the pros and cons. They make our league stronger, no question about it. And it appears we might be headed for the Super Conference era, where we're we're having, um, you know, six, yeah! the, top, the top sixty-four teams. I, yeah, I'm like, yeah, that, that is kind of exciting. I mean, playoff expansion. It's hard to it's hard to want change as a Bama fan, as a Clemson fan, as an Ohio State fan, because we we've had success when it was to the top two teams. We've had success when it's the top four teams. I don't, I don't think we won't have success with the top 12, but it's going to put you playing extra games. And you think about some of the injuries we've had in, that, in the SEC championship game. Uh, you know, we lost a linebacker. Name escapes me one year. And then, uh, you know, you're going to have injuries. Like last year, um, Justin Fields got crushed in the semifinal game and, and played okay against us, but he was hurting. You know, there's no doubt about that. But they, Oklahoma, Texas, man, they. What are the other big name teams out there? After now they're in the SEC, taking us to sixteen. Are right, you got Notre Dame that would move the needle? You got Clemson that moves the needle, but do they really? They move the needle based on what's happened the past five or six years. But if you twelve years ago, if you'd said, "Hey, man, you got to have Clemson," you'd be like, "Whatever, dude. We don't. We'd rather have Florida State. We'd rather have Miami than Clemson." Mm-hmm. So they're kind of a Johnny come lately. But the the pros, strength of conference, nobody can match us right now. Uh, playoff expansion, it's going to give the SEC more at larges. And here's the way I think. Here's the way I think it's going to go down. You know, the the playoff expansion twelve, and it, they they already said that the top four conferences get buys, and so that means that not your like last year, Pac twelve would not have had a team make the twelve team playoff after everything shook out. Their champion was not one of the top four, which would have given them a bye, which means they wouldn't be guaranteed a spot. And they're already talking about the G5 being guaranteed, like the top G5 team being guaranteed a spot. At 12 teams, it's not going to kill me that they do, but I just I don't agree with it because the top G5 team is – they're not going to beat the number four team in the ACC. It, that's a coin flip game in my opinion. And – I think, you know, it was cute. Do you realize the Boise – you know, Boise State kind of made it popular to be that mid-major to to knock off the the Goliath in the bowl game. Dude, you know, that's like – I think that was 0-2 when that happened. 
They've they've lived on that play for two decades at Statue of Liberty, and you know everybody they were the media darlings, and then uh, and they were good, they were good, but dude, they could not weather an SEC schedule. They could not weather a Big Twelve schedule. It's easy to get up for one or two games a year, and then it was all cute when Central Florida, you know, hung their banners, had their parade when they uh, beat Auburn in the bowl game, and said they was was at twenty fifteen, I think twenty fifteen national champions, but uh, you know. It, they they thought it was cute then, but they're about to get locked out. I really feel like we're going to super conferences. And I was on the phone with Gober on the way here. And, you know, when you look, it, it's easy to say, well, you know, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, Virginia, uh, you know, Wake Forest, they don't deserve to be in there. Well, they're there. They're P5 programs. They're not going to get kicked out. If there's 64 teams, and that's kind of what everybody's thinking – is we're going four conferences, 16 teams. Well, when you count up the SEC, the Big 12, the, the P5 conferences, you get to 60, 6-0. That's only four spots available. Notre That's Dame's perfect. getting a spot, okay? Notre Dame's getting a spot. They're 61. So now you've got three spots left, and you've got to, you know, does SMU come into the fold? Does San Diego State come into the fold? Does Boise State, Central Florida, South Florida, Cincinnati – you know, you've got some decent teams out there that's going to vie for those last three spots. And I, I really think that we're going to go to 12 teams. And um, and I, there was a guy talking about this on the radio, and, and the reason with Oklahoma, Texas so big adding them is Sankey is going to demand more at-larges. As soon as the committee, as soon as the powers that be meet, and like, well, we got to give G5 a seat at the table, he's going to be like, nope, not going to do it. I'm not going to give up a seat that an Oklahoma, an LSU, an Alabama, an Auburn, a Georgia could have because just because they're G five. So I think I think the I think the P five are going to break into the four super conferences. We're going to break from the NCAA. I don't know what will be called, but you know the G five will be uh, they they can do what they want. They can have their own little playoffs, however they want to do it. Uh, another pro from Oklahoma, Texas, coming to the SEC is recruiting. And it doesn't help Alabama per se or LSU or Florida or Georgia, but it, it just overall it helps because we are the top conference. Without Oklahoma, Texas, we're the top conference. And the only team signing top 100 players on a consistent basis are besides SEC teams are Oklahoma, Texas, Ohio State, Notre Dame gets a few, and Clemson. And uh, now with Oklahoma, Texas, I mean, the SEC is going to dominate recruiting. And that's why – and there's one thing I'm going to kind of end on in a, in a second. Uh, the, a big rumor came out today. Uh, so it, when you're a recruit, now it's easy to recruit to the SEC. You can say, hey, look, you can go to Clemson if you would like to go to Clemson. You're going to play one or two game marquee games a year and everything else is going to be cupcakes. You can go to Ohio State. You're going to play one to two big games a year. You're going to freeze your butt off. Or you can come to the SEC, and in your career here, you're going to play Texas. You're going to play Oklahoma. You're going to play Auburn. You're going to play Georgia, Florida, LSU. And, and you know, the list goes on, or maybe the list doesn't go on. I'm kind of running out of teams. But you, you get the gist. Do you think the NFL would rather judge you on three years of playing two games a year or three years playing six games a year? You know, the exposure is going to be through the roof in the SEC. Uh, cons, quickly, the SEC is king right now without Oklahoma, without Texas. I don't think we had to have them. 
that is is my biggest complaint. If we quote unquote lost Texas Oklahoma to the Big Ten, does that make the Big Ten better than the SEC in your opinion? Uh, it's a good question. Well, it depends I mean, I, on the year. That that's a that's a game that they weren't willing to play, and I don't blame them. But that's a good question. But see, I, I I don't think it does. I mean, okay, you if the Big Ten takes Oklahoma, Texas, so then now they they counter they counter Alabama, LSU, Florida, Georgia with Ohio State, Michigan, Oklahoma, Texas. I'm still taking SEC. If we lose, quote unquote, lose Oklahoma, Texas to the ACC, does that make SEC over the ACC over the SEC? I don't see it. You know, ACC Texas, definitely not. But just no. from a and 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 I. <laughs> I guess the only, only thing I was saying there was uh, you're sort of using a little bit of a recent bias uh, team, you know, last five or ten years. Long term, that's a big haul for any conference. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. And, and if the Big Ten pulls Oklahoma, Texas, and Notre Dame, you're going to have – historically, you're going to have a debate. But let me – and then I'll let you speak what you want to on the, on the expansion. But Mark – I'm going to start writing these Twitter names down because I, I read tweets and I forget who tweet them out and I, I don't, can't give proper credit. But Mark Ryan, he is a blue check mark. Take that for what it's worth. He tweeted out today, August 2nd, per a reliable source, Clemson and FSU have reached out to the ACC for membership. Now, I don't know how much of that is just going to be – uh, you know, internet fodder, but I think that I think the reason is they see it is going to be tough to recruit. You're not now. You're not recruiting against Alabama. You, you got a kid in Florida. You're not recruiting against Florida and Alabama and Georgia for that kid. If you're if you're Dabo, you're competing. A tr- you're trying to keep that kid out of the SEC, and that's going to be more difficult to do. It is. Well, I, I, I really I was over here biting my tongue. Because I wanted to jump in on a lot of that stuff you're having, but you you really didn't let me have a chance. Well, so I, I just I, motored. I, I just want to make the point that you motored through it like you were just sitting here doing a soliloquy, and uh, I wasn't I, sure I wasn't lagging and that you had already stopped recording. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let me let me just touch on a few things here on this because this absolutely this is. Uh, Maybe the biggest news that we've had in many years here. The NIL was huge. Oklahoma, Texas is bigger. Um, One little tidbit before I I get going on on this, though. Oklahoma and Texas, you know, we have people kind of look at those teams and go, yeah, they're good, but Texas hasn't been in the playoffs, and Oklahoma gets blown out. These guys are historical powerhouse teams they have a lot of money a lot of boosters and they do it right and they will they will continue to be in the upper echelon even though texas is down now uh to put it in perspective alabama has a losing record versus both of these teams uh although they they probably played one of them 10 times at most but still it historically these are these are powerhouse teams uh, as a side note trivia question, do you know which SEC team has the best success against each of these teams? Vanderbilt over Texas, 
uh, eight wins to three losses. You've already <laughs> seen it, buddy. That's a good one. That was surprising to me because I went back and looked. Vanderbilt has dominated Texas. <laughs> so you mentioned them a while ago about Vanderbilt not being, uh, you know, deserving to be in the conference. Heck, they're winning baseball titles. I'm not bunning your bunning. And also <laughs> dominating Texas. I mean, that's not, from what I hear, now this is coming from the same source that you probably had on Twitter, but from what I hear, that was Texas' only reservation of coming to the SEC is they didn't want to be in the same pot as Vandy. So <laughs> take that for what it's worth. But um, I, I agree with you for one, one of the things – Particularly, I think this is a no-brainer. There's no way, no way this thing is waiting until 2025 before they get in here. I would almost guarantee that they'll be in next year. That's what happened last time we expanded. I think when uh, Missouri and A&M came in, they were on a uh, three or four whatever year, whatever the contract required them to be in the next year they were in. And that's going to... A lot of that depends on a buyout and that sort of thing. This may last an extra year if the Big 12 really tries to hang on to what they've got, but I don't think they will. With te- with Texas and Oklahoma gone, the rest of those teams are going to be scrambling. They, I mean, That leaves the next premier team in the league to be who? TCU? Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, State? TCU, Baylor. Yeah, one of those three. I mean, that is not a powerhouse – uh, team, that is not a university that you can depend on to be the flagship of the conference. It's just not. So those teams are going to start looking to jump. And because those three teams that I just named, or you and I just named, Baylor's questionable, but they're going to get poached or uh, they're going to look to be poached pretty mm-hmm. quickly because they they know they have some value and being a flagship program is not where they're at. And if they decide to hang on an extra year, that that conference is going to deteriorate into nothing and guaranteed in the back of all their minds they may be having meetings that say, "Okay, we need to stick together, we need to find some other members, whatever." But in the back of their minds going, we don't need to be the last teams in here while these other teams are exploring places to go. And then all of a sudden we think we're sticking together and three more teams jump ship and we're left with four or five teams. That's not where they want to be. So whatever they say in their public meetings, behind the scenes, they're looking for places to go. And I think this thing implodes this year. They'll play out the season, obviously, because they need to. They need the revenue. They need to to play their season as as it's been set up. But next year, these two teams, will Oklahoma and Texas, will be in the SEC. And my guess is the Big 12 will cease to exist. Or if they do exist, we may end up with what we consider an extra G5 conference. Uh, because I think that's that's I mean that's the only team nobody is going to leave a P five conference to come into the Big Twelve at this point. It's not going to happen. Uh, so one of the things that I thought was interesting, and you touched on it earlier, was SEC put out the pod schedule idea, and basically they had a few different scenarios for the schedule as far as splitting the pot when i say pods what they were what they were suggesting is that you had four four team divisions in the sec 
and there was some there was some scuttlebutt I like that word scuttlebutt about uh, putting them in geographically because we've done a poor job of our current divisions once we added the new teams geographically. Missouri can attest to that driving to Florida every year. <laughs> uh, so they, geographically was an option. Uh, keeping rivalries together, long-term rivalries uh, together was an option. Uh, also, balance of the league was an option. And then there was a sort of a conglomeration of all those things, which was probably the best idea if you were going to go to a pod system. But... I'll just go ahead and tell you, I don't think the pod system is where it's at because you hit on it earlier with what you said is this expansion deal is not done. I heard the same grumblings of Florida State and Clemson before this geezer on Twitter put it out there uh, trying to get some some uh, hits or whatever. Uh, he, he may or may not know anything, but, but that rumor was already out there. And I'm not saying those are the next two teams in, but I am saying that Eyebrows were raised across across the country when Oklahoma and Texas went there, and I think the next logical jump for college football as a whole is going to be to super conferences because you're going to be down to four regardless now. Well, I just talked about it. Big 12, you, even if they keep together, they will be a, a G5 or they will not be mm. an automatic qualifier. And so – it only makes sense to make that leap. And if you're going to make that leap, or if you know that it's coming, you don't need to be locking yourself into some some scheduling ideas, some playoff ideas, even within the SEC championship ideas. I think you've got to leave yourself wide open at this point. I would not go through and start going, okay, we're going to go these four pods, these four pods, and then next year – uh, somebody else wants to join the conference. I do think now, with 16 teams, particularly if you if you tried to do a pod system, you'd be screwed with trying to add one or two teams in the future. You'd need to have groups of four. And I don't think it's practical to do that. Well, well no, I don't. I, hey, let me reiterate. I don't think it's practical to do that. It may happen. I just don't think it's the smartest thing to do. If if I was if I was in charge of scheduling right now, I think I would put in a system where you had four permanent opponents right now, just like four teams you play every year, and two of them, and only two of them, would be non-negotiable. You know, for for Alabama, it's yeah. it's probably going to be. Tennessee and Auburn, and say those are non-negotiable. We're going to play them every year. And when we expand that to four, we're going to throw LSU in there for sure and then, you know, tack on who you want to in the fourth spot. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, you know, and then after that, I would do just like my suggestion before about, hey, let's have a lottery every couple of years and just draw for teams. Just make it completely random. Anything you do with the pods is going to be jacked up as soon as the conferences expand again. It's also going to put a, a, a sort of a squeeze play on the conference championship game. How do you do that with four pods? I don't know. Uh, you, you know, there's a lot of things that, I mean, you could certainly do it, but this is an evolving landscape. 
it this is the tip of the iceberg in my opinion and i think that same that same philosophy needs to go to uh national playoff you know they, they've wanted to expand 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 last year i went to my 11 team playoff well you can throw that out the window now the 11 team playoff was perfect when you had five power five conferences i agree you know, you had the the four buys. Now, now I think twelve is the number. If you only have four master conferences, then you know four is the number. You get four buys, and then the eight play it off to get your eight team. I, I like the twelve now. Uh, nobody listened to me when it was eleven, but apparently they knew more than I do and knew the Big Twelve would implode. So <laughs> I think twelve is the number. But you you can't get yourself into a position where you you got to retool the whole system if more dominoes fall because the dominoes are coming. I mean, they, they are absolutely coming. I think, and this is, I'll close with this, I think that the direction that we're going is that in the next five years, you will likely have an 18-24 team SEC conference. And kudos to the SEC for not putting a number in their conference. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> that Big 12, yeah, you got to do calculus to figure out how many teams are in there every year. Same with the Big 10. <laughs> yeah. It, Although it, the Big 10 thought they were smart. Wasn't the Big 10 the Big 8 at one time? And then they're like, oh, yeah, we've added two teams and we went to the Big 10. And then they just kept adding and they no, quit they naming were, it. They were the Big Ten, and they added Penn State, who was one of the last holdouts for independent. And uh, they changed their in their T. They transposed the number eleven, which is a really cool, a uh, really cool way they did the logo. But now they're at twelve teams. It's just it's a cluster over there. They don't know. They don't know what's going no, on. No, it was it was it was the it was the Big Twelve that was was the Big Eight after. Yeah, the they used to be the Big Eight. Eight. That's yeah. right. That's what it was. Yeah. And you know, it, it'd be interesting to see like with the the news. And you know, the other rumor I'm sure you've heard is not only Clemson, Florida State, but Michigan, Ohio State to make twenty teams. Yes. And if you do that, then the geography has gone all out the window. But, if you do that, if you if if that is a true rumor, if if that has any merit, then what is actually happening here is that the schools are going, okay, we don't want to be part of the NCAA anymore. We want to be part of the SEC. And yeah. if if those teams come, then there's no reason to have anybody else playing i mean if you're talking clemson and florida state from the acc and michigan and ohio state from the big 10 and you've already picked up texas and oklahoma the only teams left out there in my opinion are what oregon usc usc yeah florida state i meant miami not florida state miami. i was just trying to think in the past since since 2000 if you if you added those four teams, Miami has won a national championship. USC has won a national championship. The other eighteen champions are in the SEC. That's correct. So so that's wild. But uh, all right. So that kind of wraps up expansion to Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, last thing I'm going to say about it: it will be interesting to see. Let's say Sankey comes out tomorrow and says, "You know what, guys? We're done. We're at sixteen. That's the perfect number." We feel like we're going to super conferences, but we're going to be at 16. Boo. If anybody else wants to be over that, that's fine. Let's say he says that. 
what does do Clemson and Miami or Clemson, Florida State, do they feel like they have to be part? Do they go looking for the Big Ten and say, hey, we really want to be with you guys because we've got to put some teams together to match what the SEC has? Because I name off Bama, Oklahoma, Texas, LSU, Florida, Georgia. They're six strong teams, okay? Very strong teams. You know, you could counter that with Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Florida State, Clemson. That's that's pretty salty itself. So, it'll be interesting to see. I'm like you. Well, I, I don't know that expansion is over. I don't even know if expansion's over in the SEC. I do like 16. I mean, we got no choice. We have to like it. I don't like it, but we have to like it, so therefore I like it. But uh, last thing uh, we're going to talk about is predictions from last year. And uh, I saw my paperwork was out, and I'm like, hey, uh, we, we said some predictions from last year. Let me re-listen to uh, Season 2, Episode 17. So I re-listened to it. And what's great is I wrote down my predictions, and I vaguely mentioned them. I couldn't even figure out what your predictions were. You, you rambled on for 15 <laughs> minutes, and it was hilarious. <laughs> But I, I'm going to tell you what – I don't know if you remember what you talked about, but you and I were kind of on the same wavelength. And your your main point was what is Bama going to do this year because – and it was, it was from a, a roster standpoint because there's one recruiting class that is an outlier, and it's this – come. I guess it's this year's juniors or this year's seniors. Like juniors. Saban's recruiting classes yeah. are – are like one, two, one, seven, two. Well, seven is the outlier, and that's what's coming up. And that was my point is when Tua was a freshman, you had Ridley, and I don't remember the other upperclassmen receivers, but you had Ruggs, Judy, and Smith hit, hit the scene, and they added valuable minutes. So we win the national title. Ridley goes pro. Hey, no worries, man. We got, we got the big three coming back. And then a guy named Waddle comes in and gets meaningful minutes. And he takes away stamps from Judy Ruggs and Smitty. So the next year, we've still got Judy Ruggs and Smitty because they're third-year juniors. And we got Waddle. Like, how are you going to crack the lineup? Well, Mechie manages to crack the lineup. And that is the concern. Is last year, we had Smith, we had Waddle, we had Mechie. Waddle goes out, and, man, it turns into the Devontae Smith show. Glad it did. He won the Heisman. But that was kind of your prediction was where's the production going to come from and uh, with, with the new faces because we lost a metric ton of talent. My prediction from last year was I think we win the West again. And uh, I put that down on paper. And then I danced around it in my commentary. And uh, I, I did say it would be interesting to see if we make the playoffs if we lose in Atlanta. So I guess in my mind that we're going to make it to Atlanta, but we might not come out on top. So uh, – I don't know. Do you remember anything about your commentary on the predictions from last year? I can't remember what I had for breakfast, bud. All right. Well, we're at 58 minutes. We're way over time, and uh, we're going to change up the clothes. I'm going to change up my clothes a little bit, Tom, because I'm I'm getting tired of having to look up Auburn's opponents every week and figure <laughs> out if we're going east, west, north, or south. And your, so, yeah, your geography's not very yeah. good. <laughs> so, so one time I had us going west uh, from – from uh, from Mississippi State. That didn't I still out. get calls on that one. Those folks are mad. <laughs> so, Tom, if you're going to hate Auburn, you have to hate early and you have to hate often. Roll Tide. <laughs> well, heck, if you're going to change yours up, I'm going to do mine too. Take it easy, guys. <laughs>